0: We are wrapping up coverage from Commodity Classic 2024 and we are fired up to put a close on this one. We're talking markets, we're talking SDN, and we will find out what is in the pipeline to help with crop protection from B.A.F.
1: Live from the final lap around Houston via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Talk. This afternoon, we'll begin with a conversation with Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. Then it's Tommy Grasafi from Advanced Trading and later Scott Kay from BASF. I'm handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie.
0: All right, Davis. Hey, buddy, we made it. We're here. We are at the final hour of AgriTalk at Commodity Classic. A big mm-hmm. thank you to BASF for sponsoring AgriTalk here at Commodity Classic, www.basf.com to learn more about what's going on at BASF. All right, the the, the volume of activity on the trade show floor, Davis, I'm telling yeah. you, it's slowing down a little bit. It's oh, Friday afternoon okay. at Commodity Classic, and, and uh, it's becoming very evident hmm. that things are starting to slow down a little bit here, but okay. what a week. What two and a half days of really getting after it and really trying to gain a better understanding of what's going on in the industry and and um, uh, the new innovations that uh, are going to be available to farmers uh, that were on display on the on the trade show floor absolutely amazing.
2: That's really
1: um,
0: cool.
1: You mm-hmm. mentioned in your uh, in your opening monologue uh, that yeah. you used the words "fired up." Is that you're going to yeah. stand by that? You you fired up
0: yeah i think so what what do you
1: got no that sounds about right dude all right yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know i love
0: it and rejuvenated you know from the conversations that i've had with with all kinds of people it's like i mentioned this morning we had the early riser session yeah this morning uh uh, which will be part of u.s farm report Mm -hmm. this weekend and the conversations that we had there uh really really uh uh good conversations the kind of conversations that need to happen so that we've all got a better understanding of what's going on and and that, where uh, where the industry might be headed
1: yeah that was you chip Nellinger and arlen suderman on the panel do i remember that correctly is that right
0: right, right. yeah yep. wow heavy yeah, hitters baby exactly right. yeah uh usa secretary tom vilsack was here uh oh. administrator epa administrator
3: Regan or it,
0: or was here and oh. everything is uh uh, you know, th- those guys were uh, uh, expected to make an announcement today that it n- n- really wasn't made. We were looking for some some clarity on the Greet model, and it's like we talked about this morning. Uh, that announcement did not happen, and everybody's kind of left scratching their head a bit over what that means for Corn's path to the sustainable aviation fuel marketplace. So mm-hmm. uh, we we've got some work to do and some things to figure out as we go forward.
1: All right, well, we'll keep working. All right. How's that?
0: You bet. Let's go ahead and get to the markets. What do you got?
1: Well, Chip, HRW wheat dragged the rest of the wheat complex lower on the day. The spring reference price for spring wheat is $6.84. That's down 22.9% from year ago. According to World Weather, Inc., well above average temperatures in HRW country through Sunday will further warm soils and promote more crop development, which will be greatest in southern areas, though greening will occur farther to the north as well. May SRW today fell through more than one layer of support with new support now at 557 and a quarter. July HRW wheat futures 18 and 3 quarters lower today five fifty five and a half. and a half. July SRW wheat down 18 cents 561 and 1 quarter. July spring wheat closed at 648 that's down 14 and 3 quarter cents chip.
0: What a way to wrap up the week in this wheat trade. It, it, it wheat has been on the defensive all week. It really hasn't wanted to participate in the move but when you take a you take a look at the changes on the week we had the yeah. july srw contract down eight and three quarter cents july hrw down two and a half cents and the july spring week contract down just four cents this week davis yeah. so yeah. all in all kind of a steady week
1: yeah i'm calling it could have been worse yeah. uh, in the corn yeah. futures uh, oh, corn futures gave back a portion of this week's corrective gains despite supportive outside markets the crop insurance pricing window closed yesterday with December corn futures averaging $4.66 during February, down 21.2% from last year. Yes. World Weather Inc. says worry over Safrina crops in Brazil continues, although a boost in precipitation in the first of this month should stimulate good development and planting will occur aggressively until rain begins to fall. May corn futures four and three quarters lower today, 424 and three quarters. July corn down five cents to 436 and one quarter. December corn futures closed at 459 and one quarter. That's down yeah. four cents today.
0: I just had to do a quick check on that to make sure that we got the math right on the new crop change because July corn yeah. this week down a penny and a half. Deast corn up nine and three quarters. Yeah. So look at that for some spread action. That's uh that's an aggressive move on that old new crop spread.
1: Absolutely. Well, soybeans were supported today by a rise in soybean meal futures. The spring crop insurance price for beans is 11.55. That's down 16.1 percent from last year. Expectations for favorable near-term weather in Argentina and northeastern Brazil kept a lid on the upside. Soybean oil attempted to pair losses and ended the session mid-range. Initial support for May beans lies at 11.39 and one quarter. Today, May beans were 10.5 cents higher, 11.51 and one quarter. July beans firmed a dime, 11.61 and one quarter. November beans closed at 11.45 and a half. That's up six and three quarters today, Chip. The
0: soybean meal market is something that I think is every, the bean complex and the bean market in particular was really watching and looking for leadership from soybean meal this week. Felt like we had it going at midweek and then towards the end of the week, it kind of faded on us. But I would suspect that soybean meal is going to be a focus of the markets again next week. Now, on the week, July soybean meal up a dime. Excuse me, July soybeans up a dime. Uh, November soybeans up nine and a half cents. July soybean oil up 56 points. and July, soybean meal was up $2.60. The corn-soybean price ratio slipped a little bit from last week and is at 2.48 to 1
1: looks like the cotton's got a little toppy some corrective trade here July cotton 355 points yeah. lower today 94.22 yeah. chip
0: Cotton is a conversation point here at Commodity Classic it's not that they that the mm-hmm. commodity group is represented here mm-hmm. uh but it's just the impact of what that market is going to do on mm-hmm. total acres is it the, cotton is the big reason that we are asking the question Can total corn and soybean acres get to 178 and a half million in 2024? If we don't get there, it's because cotton is going to take a million acres or so. We were down sharply today, but on the week, July cotton was up 115 points.
1: Well, Chip, technical based buying supported cattle futures today, wholesale beef prices firmed yesterday. And April futures pushed above the 20-day moving average, opening the door for follow-through buying next week. April fat cattle $3.10 higher, chip $188.45. Wow. June futures firmed dollars 277 and one half to 184 even. And April feeder futures gained 427 and one half to 258 mm-hmm. on the snout. And quickly, lean hog futures posted moderate gains after busting through technical resistance. April hogs a buck 45 higher today, 8807 and one half. The June contract firmed a buck 85. 102.05 chip
0: all right uh april live cattle on the week up 55 cents not much compared to the way That's that surprising. the market traded today yeah and yeah and april p april feeding cattle a huge move today and still ended the week down one dollar ninety seven and a half cents and april lean hogs on the week up 87 and a half cents all right we are live at basf at commodity classic Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures, Stock and Markets, next.
4: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: I don't know what you're thinking so call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind
0: welcome back to Talk at Commodity Classic big thank you to BASF for sponsoring uh this afternoon's show down here in Houston uh we're going to get to a conversation with Oliver Slope from uh, Blue Line Futures here in just a moment but first let's make time for this industry spotlight Jeff Mueller, BASF seed agronomist joins us right now. Jeff, it's good to see you. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, Chip, yourself?
0: Doing real fine, real fine. So, every year there is a silent killer of bushels out there when we talk about this bean crop and it's SCN, soybeans, soybeans, resistance is still the number one priority in, in battling SCN, isn't it? Correct, yes. Yep. So. What's in the pipeline from BASF that we can be looking forward to for some crop protection?
2: So coming down in the pipeline here, towards the end of the decade, 2028, 20, 29, we're going to be looking at the new uh, Bt, uh, cyst nematode uh, control, Bt okay. control in soybeans. It's going to be the first one in the industry for cyst nematode control in soybeans. It's exciting because it gives us another tool as uh, to, to provide for the farmers to help, to help protect against that silent yielding pest um, pests that we have out there. And if you think about a lot of what we do right now, it's native trades, selecting varieties that have native traits that can have yeah, yeah. resistance in that PI-888, and, and PI-8788, and Peking. This is going to allow this another tool that we can bring in to help provide that farmer more protection from that silent, silent yield killer and provide more return on investment for the farmer in, in, in the future going forward. How big of a problem is SCN? How widespread is it? You know, it's a lot. It's a lot more widespread and it's a lot bigger than than we realize yeah. you know every year it's roughly they say about 1.3 to 1.5 billion dollars a year is what we lose in, in, in dollars from yield from the cyst nematode pest um it's in a lot more fields than we realize and we're always encouraging everyone to go out and do sampling in their fields especially if you're seeing areas your lower spots you're seeing some smaller yellow or beans kind of circular pattern down through there do some testing and see what you have out there because more than likely you're probably going to find cyst nematode in some right. of those situations. Right, right. Absolutely. Okay. Seed
0: selection and variety selection is is very important, but there's also some seed treatments that we can put to work out there in the field, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. BSF has, um, in my opinion, the top one out there. It's a Levo-C levo seed treatment. Yeah. yeah. And when you're using the higher rate of a seed treatment, you're going to get not only the cyst nematode, help with the cyst nematode, but you also get help with sudden death syndrome. And really those two kind of 70% of the acres They have, if it has one, it has the other. So you really, you need to have that dual combination of control against those to really help minimize that damage that can occur from there and and bringing you the best opportunity for maximizing yield in those fields. All right, give us the timeline again on that. SCN trade towards the end of the decade, 28, 29, pending yeah. approvals, and that's uh, we're getting excited, we're getting ramped up, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great day when that comes, and we can get her out there and help that farmer another tool.
0: That's right, it'll be big news, no doubt about Absolutely. it. Jeff, good stuff, thank you, buddy, thank you, Chip. Have you a great bet. day. That's Jeff Mueller, um, the uh, uh, BASF seed agronomist. All right, let's bring him in. We've got Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. How you doing, Oliver?
3: Oh man, Chip, I'm I'm doing great. It's been uh it's been a great week. Uh I mean we yeah. left Monday morning, 2.30, shot straight down. Great to meet a, a lot of people from all over the country this week and step away from the screens. I don't get away from the screens enough. So yeah, it was nice to to step away from the market, see all the, the cool booth setups, all the awesome equipment, and uh shake some hands and meet some people face to face.
0: Yeah. Now if I'm Correct me if I'm wrong, but was this your first Commodity Classic?
3: Yeah, this was our, our first show, and yeah. i tell you what, it will not be our last. We we will be back. We had an awesome time, uh, so hopefully we uh, be, be making it not just on the road more often uh, to the Commodity Classic, but other shows throughout the year as well. We've got some branch offices in Nebraska and Kansas and Iowa and South Dakota, so I'm sure we'll be going to some of those shows as well.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. Okay, what you make of the markets this week? When I take a look at these weekly changes and I, and I get to the soy complex, July beans gained a dime this week, November beans up nine and a half cents. That wasn't a terrible week. And not bad
3: and not, and not a bad way to end the week. And we talked about beans yesterday being the dog, um, yeah, but, to, but today they came roaring back. So that is uh, cer- certainly encouraging. I think they still have s- some work to do. You know, one of the, the biggest questions this week I heard from folks stopping by the booth was, you know, where, where's low for the grain markets. And, you know, that's, that's a tough question. And, you know, I've been in this industry long enough where I've learned that the only thing I know for certain is that I don't know. And I've come to really respect the fact that there's incredibly smart people on both sides of the market, pretty much every market all the time. And, you know, we all have bias with varying degrees of conviction, whether it be bullish, bearish, neutral, somewhere in between, you know, at the, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is, is how we manage those positions, whether that be in the futures market or cash market.
0: Yeah. Now, so talk to me about the questions that you were getting. Okay. A, a lot of it is about, have we put a low into the corn market? But are these questions regarding 23 crop or are they talking mostly about the new crop, Oliver?
3: I, I It's both. It's, it's yeah. both. And I think I've heard a lot of stories about the producer being undersold and I think everyone probably knows that as well. And when we're looking at, you know, old crop and trying to game plan for that for folks that, you know, weren't as proactive as they maybe wish they would have been, we can't ignore the the fact that we've got a, a new crop contract to look at as well. Uh, so I try to keep that in mind. I think corn can get a little bit of relief here. We had a setback today, but we had a nice three, four day rally going. Then bounded about 25 cents that may contract. And, you know, really just kind of stalled out near that 4.30 level, which was uh, support for a brief moment in time about two weeks ago and was the yep. eventual breakdown point. I think if we can get out above 4.30, that could potentially spur a little bit of short covering, maybe go back towards 4.45, 4.50. But I think that's going to be an incredibly tall hurdle to, to jump over, all things considered, at this time. You know, Seasonally, we, we can kind of chop around here uh, from the beginning of March to the end of April. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some consolidation maybe get uh, some premium back into the market on the new crop contract as well as we inch closer to that big report here at the end of the month.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's March. It's hard to believe it, but here we are. It's March 1, and and the end of this month, we got the prospective plantings report coming our way and the quarterly grain stocks report. Um, <laughs> Oliver? <laughs> It, yes, sir. The, the grain stocks reports, have they've got a history of creating some volatility in the grains and in the corn market in particular. And when I look at some of the issues that are happening out there in, across the country right now, I got to believe that this is going to be one of those reports at the end of the month that's going ger- to generate that volatility.
3: Yeah, absolutely uh, and we, we've seen the the CVol pick up the cme group CVol index it measures yeah. uh, the volatility of uh, pretty much every futures market out there for corn and beans volatility is creeping up towards uh i think i think six month highs it's still relatively low but seasonally this is the time where we do see the volatility start to rise into that quarterly stocks report and and beyond as well as you know we try to figure out what's going in the ground and how the weather is going to impact that uh, so the volatility, I, I think you're at yeah. the nail on the head. I think it's only going to pick up from here. Um, and it's going to be an interesting year, just like every year. Um, uh, yeah. you know, it looks really bleak right now, but you know, things change quickly. I don't know what the catalyst would be to turn it around right here, right now. But, uh, like I said before, the only thing you know is that you don't know and, uh, yeah. things can change quickly.
0: Yep. 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 You know, I know that we're a commodity classic. We're talking about cattle or we're talking about corn. We're talking about soybeans, wheat, but every cattleman out there would kill me if I'd let you get away without getting your thoughts <laughs> on what's going on straight, Oliver. So I'm going to ask you, what's your thoughts?
3: Well, I, yeah, I, I went to dinner with some clients last night, or in the cattle industry, and uh, you know it, it seems to be a, a tug of war. Half of them are bullish, half of them are bearish up here. Uh, regardless, even if they're bullish, I think you've got to take action. You know, at these levels, uh, talking about how thing fast things uh, can change. We saw what happened at the end of last year when we saw that April contract just. Come a, a few ticks shy of that two hundred marker and then just a few months later we were trading down at one sixty-five. Well, here we are back at you know one eighty-eight and change. I think this is an opportunity to protect the downside uh if you have that exposure and have that risk ultimately i i think these cattle markets can continue to work higher particularly the live cattle markets but again it's about managing that risk i think my concern with the feeders uh despite today's good rally is you know the potential that that corn does see some relief here and i think that would be a, a headwind for the feeder market
0: yeah yeah you know the the one thing that and and hey I'm not going to cry for the Packers losing money in here. That, that's, that's not in my blood. Uh, but at the same time, I you got to respect what's happening for the Packers out there. And the fact that they are losing money might make it a little difficult to get a rally in the cash.
3: Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, the, the cash market hasn't really done a whole lot right. recently. And I think that's probably one of the, the bigger concerns that the clients I had meeting with last night was the fact that, we're not going anywhere, and if they aren't making money, well, maybe they just they just won't kill anything. Uh, yeah. So that that's always a risk as well.
0: Yeah, they've got lots of flexibility in the numbers yep. going through right now, just because we're we're running below capacity, so they can kind of do what they want to with the numbers uh, for a little bit. Oliver, great to see you this week. Great to talk with you. You travel safe, buddy. Thanks, Chip. Take care. You bet. That's Oliver Slope a Blue Line Futures. All right, we are going to continue a conversation that we started last week. We got Tommy Grisafi coming up at the BASF booth at Commodity Classic.
1: Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. Where July HRW wheat futures were 18 and three quarter cents lower at 555 and one half, July SRW down 18 cents, 561 and one quarter. May corn futures were four and three quarters lower at 424 and three quarters. December corn futures closed at 459 and one quarter. That's down four cents today. May soybean futures were 10 and one half cents higher, 1151 and a quarter. July beans firmed a dime, 1161 and one quarter. July cotton, 355 points lower today, 94.22. On your livestock's April live cattle, three bucks, 10 cents higher, 188.45. April feeders up $4.27 and one half cents to $2.58 even. And April lean hog futures a buck 45 higher at $8, 8807 and one half. Go to tryprofarmer.com, won't you?
5: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares complete from Helena.
1: Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know?
0: You don't have to go Tell All right. I'm excited about this. Uh, welcome back to Agritalk. We are at uh, the BASF booth at Commodity Classic down in Houston. Big thanks to BASF. Tr- check it out www.basf.com. I'm excited about this conversation because we started it last Friday. We started it a week ago today. It's Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading, Egg Bull Media. And it's really cool to have Tommy sitting
7: right next to me. How are you doing, buddy? Good, Chip. Last week, I lost power and kept going. I left left our office because we're doing a fire drill to go to an office that lost power. But we have the whole crew down here and a really good show. Uh, unfortunately I went to bed early last night. Looks like that was a mistake because the energy's calming down a little bit. Yeah. Not for you. You're looking a little wound up. Like, yeah. No, I'm all cranked up on diet Coke here. So we got big Apple Joe spinning records behind us. Yeah. We got coworkers from advanced trading and overall the mood of the farmer still very positive. It this is. is different. Dave Fogle and I talked before we came down here and we thought there would be like a, a different sense, more of a panic and it's a calm. I made a mistake but no one's yelling at me. It's like, it's like getting a bad grade in college, but you're paying for your college. So your parents can't yell at you because they're all <laughs> grown adults. Right? Like I told right. my folks in the speech yesterday, listen, I know things look like they're bad, but farmland in Northwest Iowa just trade 29 five call mm-hmm. Willie Nelson and let's cancel the farm aid concert. Yeah. We're going to be okay.
0: Yeah.
7: And things are good. Kind of.
0: Kind of. See, that's, that's the big reason that I wanted to do it the way that we've done it here. have you on last week, get your impressions on the markets and just general attitudes before commodity classic, get you down here, get you in front of the people, get you answering questions. Has your attitude changed in just a week about what's going on in the markets? I was and in, and in ag.
7: Yeah. So I was scared last week when you said, we'll check up with you in a week. I'm like, <laughs> Oh no. Uh, usually we do this every quarter, but yeah. the fundamentals are the same. We're seeing some things I learned a little bit ago that, uh, Ukrainian corn is still more affordable to China than ours. Yeah, we. I On a positive note, I had some people come to the booth who were interested in maybe doing something last year, and they just got busy, whether it be a personal reason, planting a crop. They said, can you call us on Monday? I said, how much did it cost you by who knows where we had them sold or protected? Mm-hmm. But just from what you did, not selling it, how much did it cost you? They said, conservatively, this farmer from New York said it cost me $500,000 for being uh misbehaving i said but you're not going broke he's like no i don't have an operating note
0: (laughs) how does that happen the last two years were pretty doggone
5: good
7: they were so the way i look at it chip and you and i a couple guys who like to eat a little bit once in a while they ate horrible food they were going out and ordering three big macs and having shakes and they got in better shape that's how good it was the last three years they lost their discipline Discipline. they ate poorly and they look great and those sins are being the market gave people too much money too fast it's taking it back and it's Mm -hmm. taking it back in two ways it's taking it back from the interest rate which i don't know if you know there was a little news that came out from the fed someone was yapping and bapping nasdaq s&p and uh, dow jones all exploding gold's up 40 Uh, we're seeing some major major moves on the outside markets just due to a fed comment uh maybe in suggesting that there'll be another type of quantitative easing. So we have an election year coming and these interest rates are not going away. That's hurting the farmer more than they do realize it, but that's on their mind. Then you combine that with low prices. They
0: they may realize that it's hurting them, but how many of them have done the math?
7: They're starting to do it because February we go through crop insurance and we go through renewing. Yeah, that's a good point. Fair point. Right. So yesterday was leap day. Happy birthday if you had a birthday every four years. John Kleist, uh, if you're listening. John really? Kleist, yep. Oh, happy birthday. I don't have to wish him birthday for four or four years. <laughs> um, so we we can talk intelligently about crop insurance. The one thing I do know from seeing at the booth is they all had reasons on why they didn't sell anything. But then I asked them, I understand that. I understand you're in North Dakota. I I have an office in Bentendorf, Iowa. Mm-hmm. It was You live in Iowa. It's extremely hot. It was really hot. I'm surprised we produced any beans in August, let alone mm-hmm. the one we did. So everyone goes through the year knowing all the reasons why they didn't do something. But my question then was, once you had the bushel, I know what you didn't have. You're in North Dakota. You're not going to grow anything holy moly, we grow a record crop. Once you have the bushel and crop insurance expires on October 31st, mm-hmm. as you say on your show, what were you thinking? Is <laughs> yeah. that one of your intros? Oh yeah, yep. And no excuses like the North Dakota folks. They're not that upset because the bushels are there. Yeah. So they had 25% better bushels. If they sell at 25% lower price, which is actually happening, they're okay with that. Not happy, but they're okay. We are in the bushel business. You're in the bushel business. If mm-hmm. the bushels show up, we're okay.
0: Interesting. What's going to be the focus of these markets as we make our way into the final month of the first quarter and start thinking about spring planning and so on? What, uh, where's the focus?
7: We're going to talk a little bit to clients about old crop, try to wrap that up, get that under control. Uh, Some people are going to, I hate to say the word gamble, but they're going to gamble with those bushels. What they have left, they're like, it's went down this much. I talked to something we can't hedge. I talked to a young farmer in North Dakota. He said he killed it in sunflowers during the Ukraine war. And uh, sunflowers trip typically trade like, say, 20, 21, 22. They went up to 45. Killed it. Made yeah. more money ever made. Grew sunflowers last year. Assume he had a cost of production of 25. Sunflowers are worth 15 per 100. He says he's going to build another bin and store it. And so they have the money to build a bin, store something. All the products that shot us up from the Ukraine war, we planted the canola, the sunflower, so we're coming down. So the conversation will be, listen, we went through one of the greatest periods ever. We're trying to set a realistic expectation of what a rally is and how do we reward it? Is it through a cash sale? Is it through a put? Do we go to short-term options? We're using a a lot more short-term options. And as you know, a month ago, uh, options were the cheapest they were in years. And then we hit a one month high in option volatility. And I think this week y'all were at what three, four month high in option volatility, even at these low prices. So people are buying and selling insurance at the border trade using these puts and calls, and the cost is a little higher than it was four months or just a month ago.
0: Yeah. Okay.
7: What's got you excited? Well, my talk was about AI. Yep. Yep. That's and, where I uh, want to go. Okay. Uh, I didn't know a lot about it. First quote that I uh, watched videos, I spend a lot of time on YouTube right now. And the gentleman said, AI will be bigger to the world than electricity was. And I'm like, what is this guy? high?" And so I listened to him again and watched some other people. He's saying it's that revolutionary. So when you take I, AI and agriculture, obviously I didn't, I knew what NVIDIA was several years ago. Cause you know, I buy those yeah. nice computers yep. to trade yep. and I know I have NVIDIA um, Video monitors in yeah. this. This computer probably has a video card, but NVIDIA stock went up 500. Oh, yeah. It's in been the, the last craziest year. thing. Yeah. I'm like, so I did a lot of research about AI. I'm a 100% confident to this whole group between the great technology coming out from our good friends at BASF and AI, we're going to produce more bushels. And the American farmer, I feel, went backwards in their marketing because they're pretending like they're not good at production agriculture. Not only are they good, but they're great. I'm excited about that. Cool. I've been asking the question about AI.
0: When we we talk about some of the marketing plans, some of the marketing structures and and strategies that are out there, does AI come in and all of a sudden kind of start just offering
7: marketing solutions? Well, let's take someone who you know, our good friend, Craig Van Dyke in Valparaiso, Indiana, Co-Alliance, right? Yeah. So Craig's at Co-Alliance. We could have all the AI technology in the world, but if Chip, Far- Chip Flory is a farmer and he needs to sell 100,000 bushels of grain, he has to pick up the phone, call one of the greatest elevators in America and make that phone call. AI does not it, well, it does robo dial. Remember the robo dialing oh, where yeah. they were pretending yeah. to be the president? Yeah. yeah. So it gets a little <laughs> weird, but uh, now we went politics. But anyway, AI can't you know what AI is? It, it It's like the best thing ever. AI is like a treadmill. And if you and I don't get on the treadmill, we don't get in better shape. So a lot of us own treadmills and we're not getting in better shape. AI is the ultimate treadmill. But what AI is going to do, in my opinion, (laughs) is that I understood AI from facial recognition from Mm -hmm. in China. Anyone walking anywhere is being AI at all times. Right. That's how they know you went out to buy a pack of smokes or something. But in America, look at AI is that drones will be flying over your crops and they will be telling you you have a problem spot in a field that it would take you a long time to even walk to that field yeah and so these drones yeah. are going to fly over your crop and say you need attention over here yep. you have nitrogen this you had something there's deer eating it yep or uh or the old days remember when people used to come and knock down your corn and then plant like marijuana in the yeah, field yeah and then you'd see the picture yeah, i don't like, remember that at all no yeah <laughs> and uh that's not corn in that little square over there so uh the drones are a big part of it. Upstairs, there was a drone that was as big as this thing. And
0: yeah, oh yeah. So
7: that's what AI. If you understand facial recognition, what you do, you have an iPhone, AI is gonna do that to your crops. Right. But as right. far as picking up the phone and calling call Alliance, I don't see it yet. You, you
0: don't see that happen. Not yet. No. Interesting. Interesting. You know, and and right now it feels like we're the markets are being dominated by the supply side of the market. We've got to stay focused on the fact that, yeah, we're dealing with with supply, but let's watch the demand start to develop and come on,
7: right? Yeah. One of the farmers asked me, he said, uh, we have too much. Why aren't people buying it from us? Or they're buying from other countries that we're number two in corn. We're number two in Brazil or we're number two in corn and beans. Thank you. I said, you know, there's one thing about America I know is if you call America and you call the PNW and say, I want to buy two boats, we, we get them, we load them, the quality's high, and we get them back to you in time. Yep. And so we are still the number one quick ship provider in the world now we've had some problems with the mississippi river and you and i can't fix that we've had these little gentle black swans where we're coming into a delivery of no beans of the mississippi rivers close right and it whacks things out but uh we we can ship grain really fast really high quality grain i don't like saying that america's number two do you
0: no no not at all when it comes to quality grain and i'm told that Our foreign customers are concerned about it. And there's a plenty of demand for the U S beans because of the sustainability issues, you know, they don't, yeah, they, you're not going to get that out of Brazil because of the land use issues, but out of the U S if you're worried about sustainability, that's where you, that's where you're going to come for the beans. Tommy, great to see you. Thanks, Chip. All right, buddy. That's Tommy Grisafi advanced trading and ag media. When we come back, we're going to learn about what's going on at BASF.
6: My mom's got a new case, IH Tractor, and it can do it all. They'll hate all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car. Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case, IH Tractor, can do everything she needs it to looking for a
5: tractor that can do it all check out caseih.com go on the offensive against weeds with Antares complete from Helena Antares complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses with a balanced premix of three herbicides Antares complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster more vigorous start to the season Take a tactical first strike against weeds protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more.
4: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: We've got pearls of wisdom on Agritalk.
0: And welcome back to Agritalk. I'm your host, Chip Florey. We are live at Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. Big thank you to BASF for making our coverage possible here this afternoon. With that in mind, let's go ahead and make time for this industry spotlight. Scott K is the Vice President, U.S. Agricultural Solutions at PASF. Scott, it's great to talk with you again.
8: How are you? Good. How are you, Chip? Good, good, good. How was Commodity Classic? Man, it's been great. <laughs> I think the uh, the weather here in Houston's been been pretty good and uh, big crowds. I, I think yeah. I heard today like eleven thousand five hundred or some number like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: some so. ridiculous number. It's a record number of attendees, I believe.
8: Yeah. So I think uh, traffic here at our booth's been been pretty phenomenal. What's the question? What are what are what do farmers want to know about? You know, I, th- I think they they want to know what they've always wanted to know about it. This at this one, I think you get farmers here that are always thinking about what am I going to do new, different to mm-hmm. raise the bar on, on my own on my own farm. So they're talking about different ways that we have for VSF to think about what innovations are coming to solve for yep. for uh, resistant weeds, as an example. You know, so I, I think there's three things farmers are worried about for resistant weeds. And that's our resistance in general is SCN. Yeah. And my soybean crop, you know, and I. I, you know, the first question is, have you tested? And uh, th- that's a yes or no to me about uh, testing. And uh, but we found most farmers who do uh, test, they're, they're, they see that economic oh, sure. threshold and say, oh my gosh, how come I haven't been doing something? And and for us, it's a two-pronged discussion. You know, uh, say, yep, use Alevo now to help solve for that. But then two, and by 2028, we're going to have a trait for that. Right. And so a farmers going to be able to buy Zatavo beans with a with an SCN trait built in to help with the problem.
0: Right, right. You know, one thing uh, about farmers and the relationship with BASF is it is a season long relationship, isn't it? From start to fin- from the time that bag opens up and, and until it's harvested, BASF is involved.
8: Yeah, really, we really are. And I think we're it's not just our, our beans that we're worried about. I think we want to talk to them about their whole farm and the whole acre. And so, you know, managing weed resistance. Mother Nature hasn't given up. I think we right. all know that. Right. And uh, and so talk about water hemp. I think everybody wants to say, well, that's a soybean problem. I kind of laugh when they say that and go, I think maybe that's starting in your corn, you know, and then we've just started the discussion. And so at BSF, the great thing is we have two new solutions that that we hope to get registered this summer. And that's uh, Liberty Ultra, which okay. is going to be the best Liberty formulation they've ever had. I think they'll it'll change their perspective about the, how it works and how much better it's going to work, and they'll carry less volume around on their on their spray rigs. And then uh, the other solution we're going to have is uh, uh, certain for corn. And so a lot of guys say, you know, I don't like going in late on my corn and spraying. I bet I could we could take a survey just walking down the hall here at uh, Commodity Classic, and they'd all agree. I like to spray early and then then not yeah. go back in there this is what that product's going to do. It's going to give them longer residual on those resistant weeds like water hemp through the whole season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Consistency. And uh, it is some, some almost insurance on the production side of things, Scott, I think that's what producers are looking for from, mm-hmm. from BASF. They want to know that uh, the products that they are putting on from BASF are going to take some of the concerns out of the volatility and the weather that we're dealing with.
8: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, for our fungicides, yeah. I think that's uh, that's one other. We probably have kept a secret from farmers. So, <laughs> And I know that they don't like that, but we have over 1,200 trials of head-to-head farmer-done trials okay. over the last few years of our new innovations, Veltima and Revitech, versus our, ours are the farmer's number one competitor. Mm-hmm. And we have those side-by-side. On average, we beat them by 9.5 bushels. Wow. But but farmers might get confused and say, well, how consistent is it? Well, what we hear from farmers is they want the most consistent fungicide yeah. and the highest yielding fungicide. Yep, And they want those together, that to be one product. And so that's what we're going to give them.
0: Well, the, the, I, I remember from the conversation that we had in Kansas City at, at Top Producers Summit yep. was your belief is that they got to be ordering fungicide by name, <laughs> by name in 2024.
8: Yes, I, I think and I, our and our goal is to educate. So we're gonna share that for every state, and we're gonna provide that revexfields.com, but for every state, they're gonna get to see what their yield what their yield will be. So maybe in Iowa it's 10 bushels. And so I think we're gonna we're gonna share that. But yeah, far, farmers shouldn't buy fungicides, just like they don't buy tractors, yeah, right you buy a brand. And I think yeah. farmers should, would stay by name, I want Veltima or I want Revitech. In the South, man, we've got a great new solution form in the South. They have the longest disease season of any, yep. Yep. any corn, soybean grower. They need to use using our new product, Lock.
0: Yep. Yep. Talk to me about the dollars invested in research development at BASF.
8: Well, every day your listeners wake up BASF investing $3 million. Put another way, Every dollar they spend, that BSF takes in as 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 a profit. Mm-hmm. Then we turn eleven cents of that dollar into research and development and yeah. agriculture. So pretty heavy investment. We um, and what what do we, what do they get for that? Well, mm-hmm. this year we're going to have between now and the next five years, we'll have twenty five new products that will launch. So that the, so the investment pipeline is rich, and uh, we have plans to solve problems for that are a problem today, like those recent weeds we just talked about, yep. or things in the future.
0: Yep. Yep. Talk to me just a little bit more about what's in that pipeline. I mean, we we've we've covered a little bit of it, but thirty new innovations coming to the markets in the next five years—that's yeah. crazy.
8: <clears throat> w- yeah. We, we thank goodness we have marketing staffs and great salespeople <laughs> yeah. in the field and and great agronomists. But uh, you know, one of the things too we're trying to do is that might seem a lot a lot for farmers to undertake too. So so this week right here, at Commodity Classic. We launched yeah. two new technologies that I think are gonna help a lot. And that's sense-making. So we have a, a placement tool because when you purchase the bag, what's the first two things you gotta get right? You gotta get the variety selection yep. and the placement. Right. And if you can do that, then you can do it. But corn growers, they could give you a 20 year history of how they select a the hybrid. Mm-hmm. Bean growers, they might say, well, I just wanna pick the best one. Yeah. And so what we wanna do is have bean growers start thinking about growing beans the way they do their corn. And so, what BSF's willing to do is, we're going to share our 20 years of history yeah. and our thousands of trials that we do every year and a tool that, that consolidates that knowledge for the soybean grower quickly. And I think you just heard me say, we aren't going to be saying whose, whose data is whose. We aren't going to get in an argument with the grower yeah. about their data. BSF's going to share our data with the grower cool. to make decisions. Cool.
0: Very cool. Don't keep it a secret. Not going to keep get it a it secret. There. All right. Thank you. Good stuff, Scott. Thank you so much. That's Scott K., Vice President, U.S. Agricultural Solutions at BASF. Davis, that wraps it up. Our coverage from Commodity Classic 2024 is done. Big thank you to all the sponsors, including BASF. Monday morning, you know what it is. We got Machinery peak, and we're going to get a farm bill update from Senator Jerry Moran from Kansas right here on box. Uh.